This is the Seven Figures Podcast Smart Money Strategies for Women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us today. There is so much that we want to cover that I'm going to get right to it. If you are in the throes of the college application process right now, if you have a, uh, a son or daughter in high school right now, the truth about getting in and how to write the best college application essay. That will be the focus today. And we cash in with Jody Rosenshine-Atkin, independent college admissions professional guiding students and parents through the college choice process. Jody, I love having you in because you do not sugarcoat it. Mm, nope, I am a realist. If you want it sugarcoated, you need somebody else right. to talk to. <laughs> and you can tell you're a mom. You've been through this, you made the mistakes, and now you're teaching us. Yes, but I'm more than a mom. I need to say that. Like once my kids got through this, I went back and I got trained and I became a recognized professional in the field because I saw some of the failures of the process and I wanted to help other people avoid those. And you lived through some of those failures. Yes, I did. Like, I mean, the mama in you is going to come on out when you when you tell us, listen, yeah, that's you're not going to make right. this mistake. <laughs> well, you can make the mistake, but it's not because you didn't know not to. <laughs> okay, so now how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for five years now. And okay. I have visited 150 campuses in 15 different states in the course of my practice, oh my not counting the ones I visited with my own children. And where are we right now in the process? This is crazy time for you, right? This is crazy time. This is the time when a lot of high schools are introducing the application process to their seniors. But it's really the time when their seniors should be well up to their eyeballs in it. Okay. Early action and early decision applications are due somewhere between November 1st and December 1st. Oh, yeah. Um, and then regular decision applications are usually due somewhere between December 1st and January 1st. So seniors at this point should absolutely have a list. They should absolutely have finished their testing. Um, if not, you're really running on the razor's edge and living living with the wild because there are all kinds of system failures that you leave yourself open to. Not to say I want anybody to panic, but the reality is that at this point, seniors should be filling out their applications, making visits, completing and fine-tuning their essays, making sure that their um, supplemental essays are specific and appropriate and well-written. Um, parents should be very well-versed in what they can afford to pay for this process. Mm. And here's what I tell every parent. Is it okay to talk about sex on your show? Because I think that talking about money is like talking about sex with our kids. It is embarrassing. It is difficult. It yeah. is awkward. But also those two topics, if we don't talk about those with our kids openly as teenagers, we put everybody in danger. And so you need to talk openly with your kid about how much money there is how much money they can expect, and what the landscape looks like. Because the numbers we're talking about are so large that they kids can't, can't get their no, arms around them. No. And you brought up two very important things that we will talk about today. How to make your application essay stand out and how much does it cost to get ready before, because everybody saves for college tuition, but yet before college tuition is a big chunk of change, too, that we'll get into. Um, but first, I want to talk about uh, how 
to really decide what college to even apply for. I met a mom and she was telling me the story how her daughter, she is begging her daughter to put some more affordable SUNY schools on the list is what she said. Now her daughter is an excellent student, one at the top of her class. And she says, mom, but I need to have that name. I want to go. I want to be a part of the group. And then her mom started to justify, oh, yeah, she worked so hard in high school. She should have that prestigious name. She, she deserves to go to a prestigious college. Are we ever going to get over the quote unquote bragging rights of it all? The status. We are going to have to get over those bragging rights because the reality is not pretty. Those top brand name schools that everybody wants to go to yeah. are boasting that they have admission rates of under 10%. And that doesn't account for the fact that their rate for early decision, take me and I will come, lock and load, is much higher than their regular decision. So some of the regular decision schools are coming in at under 5%. I want you to picture this. You have top kids in classes across the country, kids with perfect test scores and 12 APs and GPAs that you know blow the top off of even the weighted scales. There aren't enough spots. Mm. And those schools are, some of them are places where particular kinds of kids will thrive. And it's not the quiet, necessarily steady, hardworking kid. Um, Some of those places are extraordinarily competitive. So if you want to join that ride on the struggle bus to do that high, high level of competition, knowing that everybody's going to be going for the same research opportunities, the same internship opportunities, the same study abroad scholarships, then it might be the right place for you. On the other hand, if you are looking for a place where you are going to get to grow and thrive, and by the way, personally, I prefer when kids can brag about, I'm not paying for this, or my my tuition is half the price that it would be, that's something to really be proud of. Knowing what the research and internship situations are, that's what the reality is. That's preparing you for the real world. The historical ranking sweatshirt guided stuff um, is less important than what you're going to get out of the process. And the other thing is if you are committed, my father went to Princeton, my grandfather went to Princeton. And I've only got and I've only got a three point five and my test scores are a thirteen hundred, all very respectable credentials, but not traditionally Princeton credentials. If you really want to throw that application in there, go go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not Debbie Downer, but I am going to tell you that you need a plan that includes places that you really want to go um, besides Mm -hmm. Princeton. A lot of parents are thinking about the tuition rate and they save for that, or they're thinking about that. Hopefully, it's in the equation yeah. when, you're, when you're crafting your college list here of where you want to go. But I feel like a lot of parents are surprised by the cost to even apply. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a really a, a general idea of what we have to pay for and how much we should set yeah. aside for that? Yeah, absolutely. Applications generally cost between $50 and $75. Just to apply to a college. Just to put your name on the paper and push send. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just the application. Now, there are ways, we'll talk in a minute about how we can save money on that. So if you're going to apply, I had a kid 
against my advice, applied to 25 schools. Um, that was a big chunk of change. Parents agreed to it. How many schools would you recommend? I usually recommend that my students apply to somewhere between 8 and 10. Oh, okay. If you apply to more than that, you have not done enough research and sorting. Um, the only exception to that is if a kid is doing Harvard, Princeton, Stanford, Yale. Yes, I did that all in one breath because that's sort of how the kids do it. Um, and if you're going to go after schools where the admission rate is under 10% and they're proud of that, you need a whole lot of irons in the fire. And then you need some more in okay. addition. Okay. Um, so the cost of applications is a significant cost. You have to pay, usually, for score reports to be sent from the ACT people or the SAT people. And those score reports cost $12, $13 each. So now we've got 10 schools at, let's say, $50. That's $500. You've got 10 schools with score reports. That's another $120. Okay, so we're up to $620, and we haven't done anything yet. Okay. Um, you may want SAT prep. You may Do you advise SAT a, prep? I think SAT prep has its place. If you have a kid who's anxious about the test, if you have a kid whose original test score is a barrier to going to a lot of places that they're looking at, mm -hmm. yes, I, I think test prep has its place. And SAT scores, ACT scores weigh just as heavy as we remember them? It depends on okay, the school. on the school. Um, some schools have gone test optional. When I started five years ago, there were about 700 schools that are test optional. That number cracked 1,000 this year. I've been practicing for five years. So the number of schools that are making that choice to evaluate kids without that number is increasing. Okay. That being said, how do you know if you need test prep, if you'll benefit from test prep? There are lots of opportunities here in town to take free proctored SATs and ACTs. Um, they offer them in the libraries. Some of the test prep places offer them. Go in, take the test, see what your score is with no preparation, and then decide. If you're looking at schools where the median SAT is 1,100, and with no test prep you get a 1,300, Ooh. you're already going to be in oh, the yeah. top of that pile. Yeah. Um, and, by the way, those scores can impact your eligibility for scholarship money. So that scholarship money would be another reason to increase your scores. Um, Where do you find that list, by the way, of locations that they offer that? Okay. Um, the, the one website that I know of where they offer it for free um, is Chariot Learning. Chariot Learning. Okay. Chariotlearning.com. Um, and they offer them both at their test prep center as well as at local libraries. Okay. Um, I, you would have to check with the other preps like Sylvan or Huntington or Tudor Doctor, um, all of whom can and will make arrangements for students if it's requested. Okay. But it, uh, yeah. And there is some free test prep, I guess you could say. Khan Academy is a Absolutely. great resource. And ACT also now has jumped on that bandwagon and offers free test prep online. Um, go to ACT.org, and they will tell you how to hook up with them because okay. it's offered straight through them. Okay. So and you then, can save money there. Um, in terms of other costs that you are going to encounter in this process, it's going to be visits. Visits cost a lot of money. And parents sometimes feel like they have to take their kid on a grand tour of the United States. They need to see every school before they apply. And that is a, no, maybe not. Okay. What you can do is do what I call the Goldilocks tour locally. You visit 
without ever leaving your comfort of your own bedroom, you can visit a small school, a medium school, and a large school. Not because you're going to apply to those schools, not because you're necessarily staying in Rochester, but because we're blessed to have examples of those size campuses in our area. So you're looking more at the size. Does this feel this to size start, feel right? Not necessarily s- the specific college. Okay. Right. So, for example, I've had students say, no, I want a really big, giant school. And I'm, that's great. I want you to go visit UB and I want you to visit Cornell and come back and tell me what you think. Okay. And many times they'll come back and go, oh, wow, you can see the eyeballs like growing like saucers. Oh, that did not feel good. It was too big. I, I would never get to my class. Um, so then we say, okay, how about a medium-sized school? I want you to go visit the University of Rochester. Lovely, about 7,000 undergraduates. See what that feels like. Want to see if something feels a little cozier? Why don't you go visit Nazareth? Pretty campus, small, about 2,000 students. Come back and tell me what you think. So you try on the sizes. You may not pick one, Mm -hmm. but you may be able to really say, that felt too much like my high school. I don't want to do that. Or I was overwhelmed by that size. That helps us narrow the list to start with. Okay. You need to visit the school before you enroll, but you don't have to visit the school before you apply. Many schools say, oh, if you come, it's demonstrated interest. And it is. And if you get to the point in this process where that is really a fascinating school to you, yeah, go look at it. See if the kids on the campus are your peeps, is what I say to my students. Are these the people that you resonate with? Sit in on a class. Is that conducted in a way that you feel like you would flourish in a classroom that is structured that way? Yes, it's important to visit the real schools you're going to apply to, but let's get that list narrowed down first. Ten of them. You're right, saying, right. just, okay. How do you demonstrate interest if you can't afford to go on a grand tour of the United States and you're looking at schools in Ohio and Wisconsin and Texas? What you do is you reach out to the regional representative who is the person who will be the first reader of your application and a little bit of internet hunting will help you find out who that is. And you say, I'm interested and I can't afford to come to campus right now. They may send you more materials. They may reach out to you with an email. They is, may that, t- is that a strike against you, though, if they think that it'll be a struggle to get your money? You know no. what I mean? If, are no. they more welcoming to the people who will pay more money or the people who are going to try to squeeze them for as much as they can? None of this is about squeezing. Okay. There's no school that I am aware of that does not offer financial aid. Okay. Um. Financial aid is not, however, mom decided to reside the house and take the family on a cruise, and so the amount of money in the bank account is far less than what is expected. And parents can figure out what is expected. The estimated family contribution is something every parent can calculate at every school. So thank you for letting me tell parents this. If your kid is interested in High Point University, Go on High Point's website Mm -hmm. and look for what's called the net price calculator. Okay. Every single website is mandated by the federal government to have one of these somewhere on their website. And they ask you a series of questions about your kid, their scores, their GPA, et cetera. They ask about your income. It's brief. It's not like filling out all the financial aid forms, but it will tell you what a family that looks like yours with a student that looks like yours will be expected to contribute and what the financial aid package will look like. Okay. Okay. I say to kids and families, my daughter got married recently, don't fall in love with the dress you can't afford. Don't try on the dress you can't afford. 
Don't go visiting a school where there's no chance that you will not be able to reasonably meet that financial expectation. Mm. And that's a hard conversation to have. What do you mean we don't have? They want $40,000. Why don't you have $160,000 in the bank? Again, money and sex, it's hard to talk about. But know what they expect, and you can find that out easily before you get very invested in this process. Okay. So visiting and say, saying, I can't visit, you can't visit for a lot of reasons. Sometimes if they really want you, they have fly-ins. Sometimes they will say, our representative is going to be in your area, and we would love to meet you and tell you about our school, and then maybe we'll become a priority for your travel. Choose wisely. A lot of this should come down to, like you've been saying, financial. What fits best in your budget? It's a financial fit. It's an academic fit. It's a social fit. And it's a cultural fit. All so of that. Fi- but finance needs to be one of those it four pillars. It needs to pillars. be in there. Absolutely. A major component. Absolutely. So if you were to give us tricks, though, how to, how to trim it down a little bit, do AP courses really help? I've heard students say... You know, with all the AP courses, you could potentially shave off a year. At some schools. Is it true? Not at all schools. Okay. Some schools will use AP courses for placement. So congratulations, you don't have to take Psych 101. But we're not giving you credit for Psych 101. Ah. We're just going to let you take a more advanced course. Other places will say, congratulations, you get six credits for biology because we're going to give you credit for the lab too. So it depends on the school, and that's something you can parse out on the websites. Look to see what they do with AP classes. A lot of schools have, like, whole lists of AP score and whether they give credit or placement. Now, let's talk about, and there's also the dual enrollment thing. Lots of kids are taking courses um, in their high school, but at the college level through MCC and Syracuse and a bunch of other. Yeah, because that's what I want to ask you. If your kid is not a senior or a junior even, mm-hmm. if they're new in high school, ninth grade, 10th grade, how much as a parent should you push them, encourage them to take these courses? Will it really benefit them when it comes to the college application process? I hate to keep saying it depends, but if you're taking a kid who is working really hard to get Bs and B pluses and you put them <clears throat> into an AP class for which they are not intellectually or academically prepared, All you're doing is going to lower their GPA. Okay. So if your kid is thriving and and accelerating and and it's an appropriate choice to make, then by all means make it. Do kids get into college without AP courses? Absolutely. Do kids who want to go to top, top, top schools, really highly selective schools, have to have as many APs as possible? Yes. What are the risks of pushing a kid into APs? Well, I said, you can depress artificially their GPA. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We also may be asking their developing brains to do things that they are not ready for yet. Adolescent Mm -hmm. brains are not complete. They're not. I, I come at this job with a background, a master's degree in developmental psychology. So you know that there are reasons that we don't let kids do certain things, they can't drive when they're 12, because their brains, their neurological systems are not ready for it. And adolescent brains are still developing. Some kids are ready and some are not. At a different rate. I see what you're saying. So don't push them if if they don't show signs that they're ready for it, you're saying. Now, on the other hand, what can parents do? Please make sure they don't drop their foreign language prematurely. Um, (laughs) That's something that I have two years. That's enough. I'm done. 
Mm, not, maybe not. Some schools are requiring three. Really? Yes. Okay. So it's so good that's to know. Something. Okay. What else should we know? Um, you should have four years of English, four years of history, four years of math, four years of science, and at least three years of a foreign language. Okay. Yeah. And just because you took biology as an eighth grader doesn't mean you get to quit after sophomore year in terms of science. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Your, your transcript needs to reflect four years of math, four years of science, four year, for your best chances, four years of English, four years of history. Okay. Now, I want to get to the college essay and how you can make yours stand out. But first, I want to thank our sponsors, Family First Credit Union, for supporting the podcast and great conversations like the one we're having today with Jody. They just opened up a new branch in Greece, Family First NY, to learn more about how credit unions are different, especially at Family First. Big believer in financial education. Jody Rosenshine Adkin, independent college admissions professional. When we're ready to write that college admission essay, what do we need to know? How can we make ours stand out? Okay. First of all, picture the people who are reading these. They are not professors. They are admissions professionals. Mm. Okay. So that's the first thing. Okay. You want to use those 500 more or less words to tell them who you are as a person. You want every word to count because those people who are reading them are reading hundreds of them. And if it's a blah, 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 blah essay with lots of word salad and not a lot of content or not anything interesting, they're going to skim it and say, eh, all right, how do you grab them? You have an interesting topic and you tell a story. And you tell a story that reflects who you are as a human being and what it is that you will bring to this campus community. Because when they're selecting students, they are building a community. That is the point of this exercise. So... First thing I say to my students is, if I could pull your name out of this essay and put Sandy's name in and it's still true, or if I accidentally see this essay plugged into Sandy's common application and it still doesn't run a red flag up the pole, then it's not a good essay. It needs to reflect you and what's unique about you. Now, does it have to be about how you saved somebody from being hit by a car? No, not everybody has that experience. Is it about um, all the science labs that you've worked in doing shadowing with famous doctors? Mm, No, not necessarily. It needs to be a story that talks about you as a person. So some of the most interesting essays that I've read have been kids who have taught themselves to do trampoline tricks, kids who um, talked about what the question prompt was, How do you lose all sense of time? What activity do you engage in? And the student um, lived on a farm. And he talked about how farm time is different than time for the rest of us. Because it's not just seasonal. It's at what point in time does a chick in your hand become a chicken? Like, how do you measure that? How do you measure when crops are ready to be weeded and, and thinned versus when they first pop up, like the measure of time was different. And that was a really fascinating essay that lots of colleges thought were, was great. Um, No, forgive me because I do not remember this. Um, When you are picking out your college application essay, there's themes that they give you that you common app gives you common app is the most usual one. And they give you seven prompts. You pick a prompt. I tell kids to pick the story and then we'll pick the prompt. Um, Tell me something 
that has happened to you or that reflects who you are, tell me that story. Just vomit some words onto a page and then let's take that and shape it and grow it and talk about what does that reflect about you and what about you do you want the college to be focusing on. Okay. So it's really more about if I were to tell a story about myself that reflects my values or reflects my interests, what would that story be? Tell me the story and then let's talk about the essay. So I, I take the process, take them through the process a little bit differently. Now, remember that some schools have supplements and those supplements are usually something along the lines of why fill in the blank this school. That needs to be specific and that requires that you know why that school. Is it because they have a fabulous, I, I read one last night about a student who said, you have this amazing tradition of like, filling an arch with snow in the wintertime. And I cannot imagine more fun than doing that with all my classmates in the middle of the night. I want to come there because I want to do that. That talks about his commitment to school spirit, about wanting to be part oh. of a community, and about knowing enough about the school to know the tradition. Okay. All right? You want your essay to stand How out. How are you going to fit into their community exactly. that they're trying to build? Exactly. What do you okay. know about this school that sets it apart? If you write why Tulane, and I can pull out Tulane and put in the University of Rochester, and that essay still remains true, you have not addressed the question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have to pay attention. You got to do a lot of homework. Yes. You got to take time on writing this essay. Yes. And please do not, do not farm it out to your mother, because the voice of a 40 or 50-year-old woman is not the voice of a 17-year-old, and any admissions officer worth their salt will be able to spot that at 40 paces. What approach would you take, the style of writing? Very professional, business-like, or do you just write from your heart? You just write from your heart. One of the exercises I do with my students is, now the essay is done. Here it is. Read it to me. I want to hear you read this out loud in your voice. And if there are words in there that you're bleh, stuttering over, maybe that's not the word you meant to use. You pulled out the thesaurus, but that's you not your language. You want it to sound polished, yes. but you, you're saying it might be more genuine if you sound like you're... Right. Like you're saying it. Like exactly. You're standing in that front of them. Okay. Exactly. It has to reflect who you are as a person. That's the important piece okay. of this. All right. Oh, well, there's still so much more that we want to ask you, but we're going to have to bring you back in, Jody. Sounds great. <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you for the conversation. Jody Rosenshine Atkin, Independent College Admissions Professional. Where can we find you? You can find me. I have a website. It's Jody, J O D I R. A-T-K-I-N, JodyRAtkin.com. So you can visit my website and you can reach me through that. You can reach me via email, JodyRAtkin at gmail.com, or you can call me at 585-820-1174. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you, for Sandy. squeezing in some time during your uh, busy season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll go back to letting my eyeballs bleed reading essays. <laughs> Okay, next week on the 7 Figures Podcast, have you ever thought about buying a franchise, being a franchisee? Currently, one of every four new franchisees are women, and that number is rapidly growing. So, is it a profitable endeavor? We'll give you the pros and cons of the business, and you can decide if it's a right career move for you. All right, you have a fantastic weekend. Thank you again for listening to the 7 Figures Podcast, subscribing and telling a friend. I will talk to you next week.
If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the 7 Figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women. Oh, 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 oh,